Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. This morning's reading is uh, from Luke 17, 5, 10. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do so, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So our reading from Luke starts with increase our faith. Lord, increase our faith. Those are dangerous words. That's like, you know, the joke about praying for patience. You know, if you pray for patience, God will give you an opportunity to practice. So don't ever pray for patience. Well, there, the apostles are saying to Jesus, increase our faith. Now, they have been, they have been watching as Jesus is sparring with the Pharisees, the very religious people, those people who knew their Bibles, but didn't care for the poor. Those people who were so sure they were right, that they didn't bother with faithful living. And the disciples, they were on Jesus' side. They saw what was happening. It was Jesus against those very religious people, and they were on Jesus' side. And they had seen Jesus do amazing things, and they themselves, back in chapter 10, had cast out demons. And they'd heard Jesus' teachings on humility, about siding with the poor and the powerless, and they wanted to become exceptional at it. Or maybe they thought they already were, and they were looking for some kudos, because Jesus' response is snarky. It's snarky because of that, if you had the faith of a mustard seed. We can't hear it in English so much, but in Greek it's easy to hear. Greek has several different ways of saying if, that in English we only have one, if. And if you think about it, there's several different meanings of if. There's the, you know, logical, if this happens, then that. If it rains at night, the ground will be wet in the morning. We don't know if it's going to rain, but if it happens, then this is the consequence. We use if as a general statement. If you add water to batter, it gets soupy. We could also use the word when. When you add water to batter, it gets soupy. That's something that's just true. And then there's if where the premise is not true, is unreal, it's ridiculous. If pigs could fly, then beggars would ride. Well... When the disciples say to Jesus, increase our faith, and he says, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, he's using that unreal, ridiculous if. 
if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, if pigs could fly. See, they'd figured they'd become pretty good at faith. They were disciples of Jesus of Nazareth. They had cast out demons. They had healed people. Okay, let's say that a little better. They showed up and God cast out demons. They showed up and God healed people. They had just shown up. God was the one with the power. But just like them, we are tempted to get caught up and turn faith into an accomplishment that we do. We turn our fidelity to God into, into an accomplishment, and then things go sour and Jesus gets snarky with us. And so we have this story of a slave doing their normal work. So often Jesus uses these stories of the ancient world household code and turns them upside down. In this case, he doesn't. He uses this story to remind disciples of their expectation. They have done a lot, but nothing extraordinary. Only what they ought to have done. Their faith isn't even the size of a mustard seed. They just did what they ought to. And I th we do the same thing. We go from awed and amazed at the power of God to thinking we're all that pretty quickly. And Jesus pulls us in. I know I do. I mean, I get to thinking, you know, hey, I am pretty good at this discipleship thing. You know, check me out. I was raised unchurched, and I chose Jesus. I was, I've been baptized. I pray every day. Okay, almost every day. Probably six out of every seven. That's a lot. I go to, to church every Sunday. Well, most every Sunday, unless I'm on vacation, and then not so much. I tithe 10% of my income to the church, and I give to charity above that. And I mention Jesus in outside church conversation like once or twice a week. I am really good at this discipleship thing. And then Jesus says to me, oh, honey, sit down. You've done nothing extraordinary. Only what you ought to. Who called you to faith? Who called you to baptism? Who prompts you to do good things? Who gives you this abundance that you give out of? Who gives you life and time for prayer? And God gives me lots of reminders. That what I do is show up, and God's the one that does the amazing things. One of the amazing things I get to watch, that I get to show up for as a pastor, is anointing people. Praying over people and anointing them with oil. Praying over them in times um, when their health is failing, when they have a new diagnosis, um, when they are dying, or when they are born. And it is amazing. I have seen God do amazing things through anointing. And I have also seen where, you know, it was fine, but it wasn't amazing. 
And it is a reminder that God is the one doing the amazing things. And I just show up. I just show up and say the prayers with the oil. And yet, those times give me glimpses of God. And those glimpses of God get me to say, Lord, increase my faith. That I want my faith increased. I know it's risky business. Faith took Jesus to the cross. But I want God to increase my faith. And even when our faith isn't as big as a mustard seed, we still have that hunger of, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus showed us how. Jesus showed us how, not with a skill set, but with time that leads to transformation. It reminds me of the bread baking class that Cassidy organized this last week. And we had 10 people come and we went through the steps and we you know showed them how uh, and gave them the recipe of, of baking bread baking bread from sourdough from natural leavening but the truth is they will learn to bake bread by doing it by going home and spending time and getting to know their sourdough start and their flour and doing it over and over, learning their own preferences and the way their oven works and the way their pans work. And it takes time. Jesus showed us how to increase our faith, and it takes time. Jesus spent time alone with God. We hear over and over in the Gospels, Jesus went away to pray. Jesus spent time with the crowds. He healed, he fed thousands, and he spent time with the disciples, teaching, discussing, listening. And those three things, when we do those three things like the points of a triangle, we are transformed. When we spend time alone with God in our you know, weekday prayer or family prayer or the praying you do in the car, when we spend time with the crowds, when we serve at the food bank or work for, for social justice or we have a barbecue and invite people, that outreach for the poor, and when we spend time with other disciples, when we gather on Sunday and when we gather in small groups, that those three things, they transform us and increase our faith. So let's talk about time with disciples. Here we are, time with disciples at Sunday worship. We gather each Sunday with each other, looking for an experience of God, because together we experience God in a way that we don't alone. We experience God in the word. We experience God in the community. We will experience God in the sacrament of the Lord's table. And time with disciples, small groups. I've been talking about small groups for a while, and today is the day you get to sign up. Years ago, there were small groups in this church called Care Circles. Pat shared with us her experience and how transforming that was for her. John Wesley, who founded the Methodist Church, 
They, he started with care circles. They ha had fancy words for them, holiness societies or class meetings. We're going to call them small groups because that's easier to remember. <laughs> but when we gather with other disciples in small groups and we talk about God, we talk about real life, and we eat together and we pray together, we find this level of trust, of safety, that God works with to transform us. And so today we can sign up. Brett's going to hand out a little sheet like this, one per family. And what it has is you're going to mark your preferred time. As we've been talking about it and talking about what calendars are like, that that when the group meets is going to be an essential component. So, it, so you mark your preferred time, one per family. These are small groups of families. At your first meeting, you're going to do a couple things. One is you're going to decide how often you meet. The best, if you're really going to get to know each other and build that trust, is to, week, is to meet weekly. So that's four times a month. And yet, that doesn't work for everyone. And so maybe your group is going to meet every other week, twice a month. Or maybe your group is going to meet three times a month. You want that weekly gathering, but you know that you need one week a month to, you know, the pressure release valve. So in that first meeting, which will be here, and you have the date, you're going to decide how often you meet. You're also going to decide where you meet. You can meet here at church. Within a week, that room there, which has been a storage closet for the last two and a half years, is going to be a room that can be used for small groups. We're going to have couches in there, or you can meet here. You can also meet at members' houses. Many small groups really like that, where each, each time they meet, they meet at a different member's house, or you can meet somewhere else. And at these meetings, they are pretty simple. You are going to talk about God with each other, about real life. You're going to eat together, and you're going to pray together. Initially, um, me, uh, leaders will, uh, you know, you have a leader for each meeting, so it's not one person being the leader all the time, but take turns being leader. And the leader will lead a devotion from upper room, which is pretty simple. Um, and then you respond, uh, you know, you can in conversation respond to that devotion, and then you eat together and close in prayer. So it's pretty simple. It's really about being with other disciples, time with other disciples. So today, um, you choose your, pre your preferred time. If we have a whole lot of people on one time, we'll split into two groups. If we have just a couple people at one time, we'll look at, at combining groups. You sign up for the family, and you do your first meeting here at church. Okay, I want to talk about schedules for just a minute. In the last month, I have felt something that I haven't felt in two and a half years. My calendar is too full. There are multiple things for the last three weeks Every single day has not one, not two, multiple things every single day. As we are coming out of COVID and stuff is restarting, 
Like the calendar is filled up. And I have four children in four different schools. Each, with, each one has one or more activities that involve driving. So I get full calendars. Well, two and a half years ago, this was a normal part of my life. And every few months, it would get overwhelming, and we would sit down and go, okay, we have to reevaluate this calendar, and we would get it under control, make it manageable, and then it's possible that this is me, the calendar would fill back up again. And it's not altruistic. I think the truth is I feel important and valuable when I'm too busy. So that's my own personal homework. And then a few months later, calendar's too full. I have to do it again, reevaluate. And I remember when the lockdown came and my calendar emptied off. And it was a wonderful, beautiful thing. You know, until it wasn't. Until it was desolating being separate. So if your life is like mine and things have restarted and your calendar has gotten full, you are thinking, like Brian and I, how do we fit one more thing in? And the truth is, for our family, it is going to take an adjustment to make it work. And frankly, it also feels a little scary joining a small group, you know, and being deeply honest about God and about my faith. And I know that it will be um, unknown, you know, until it's not, until it's other real people, and until our care for each other is stronger than our worry. And until that amazing transformation happens where the Lord increases our faith. It is risky asking Jesus to increase our faith, and it takes time. Time with God, time with the crowds, and time with other disciples. And yet, as Jesus points out to us, we are merely doing what we ought. So when you fill this out, one per family, name, email, choose your preferred time. Right now you can put on your calendar when that first meeting is. If you're already part of a small group like Bible study um, and you want to join another and it is life-giving, um, mark that down. If you're already part of a small group and that does your calendar in, would you still fill this out, but write down that you're already part of a small group. And what that does is then we won't be reaching out to you to invite you more. Um, we are called, we are called to, to this increase in faith, that God gives us this increase in faith. And I want to share with you a prayer written by Steve Garnas Holmes. God, I do not ask for great faith. Give me the smallest faith. Give me a mustard seed of trust. Let creep into my heart the tiniest ant of compassion. 
May microbes of gratitude do their work in me. Let the smallest atom of your joy thrum in me. Murmur only your briefest syllable to me. Let me be the faintest star in your beautiful sky, a single note in your earthly chorus. Just a hint of you is all that I need, for merely a cell of you is all that I am. And by your infinite grace, that is enough. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.